0: Hey everyone, hey, welcome to Sunday nights, at least it's four o'clock on the west coast right now of the United States of America. Welcome to wherever you are in this world. And man, oh man, do things just keep on churning and churning and churning. God, Listen, God's telling us exactly what he's going to do. We're gonna see it from the book of Amos tonight. We're in Amos number four. However, it's actually chapter three, but the fourth message, From the book of Amos, look at this title, God is Revealing His Secrets. You don't believe me? Well, the Bible tells us that He is, and uh, we're going to see what is going on here. But first of all, just a quick update on a couple of things, then we're going to start going into these things further. We're going to start going into what God's revealing to us further. But listen to this, a couple of these headlines from End Time Headline, I follow them on Instagram, good account, a woman who is objectum sexual. Get this, ready? Says she wants to marry an airplane, but it's illegal. Listen, these people are psycho. The world's gone psycho. Here's this. J.P. Morgan, CEO, warns, brace yourself for an economic hurricane that is on the horizon. Folks, we've been sounding the alarm over and over and over again. They're telling us economic disaster's coming. Why? They want to reset the economy. That's what they want to do. They've got to go global. they got to get to... The Revelation chapter 13 system, they might not think that, but God told us ahead of time what's going to happen. So that's what's going to happen. Food shortages, water shortages, electricity shortages, supply chain problems, uh, wars and rumors of wars, economic catastrophe. Kind of sounds like, and don't forget pestilences, kind of sounds like the four horsemen of the apocalypse are on the horizon, doesn't it? But again, the JP Morgan CEO warns, brace yourself for an economic hurricane that's on the horizon. Then there's this. LGBTQ flashcard showing pregnant man used in North Carolina classroom to teach preschoolers about colors. Friends, this is appalling, but this is where we are. Amos is gonna actually deal with these things in this place we are. Uh, In in, uh, Amos chapter 3, we're going to see this in a few minutes too. You look, you go, this is where we are. This is where they were. God's going to reveal exactly what he's going to do. Next headline. Tens of thousands of chickens have just been wiped out in yet another accidental fire. We've been hearing about these things. What Airplanes, fires, all these food plants have been taken out. Um, We have a problem with diesel not being shipped. We have a problem with oil and gasoline and natural gas. It's not a coincidence. Here's another one. Russia has just threatened to wipe out the entire United States in chilling warning over the Ukraine. Um, Yeah, you talk about wars and rumors of war. So we live in a day now where the threats of a rumor of war are to annihilate entire countries in a moment. And so this is the world that we live in. Jesus, when he gave the signs of the last days, uh, projecting into the tribulation period, when you look at the Olivet Discourse, he, was, he told us uh, in such a manner that it was as birth pains upon a pregnant woman. He said, these are the beginning of sorrows. That's what that phrase means, birth pains upon a pregnant woman. So as you get closer and closer to that day, it's gonna be like a woman that's about ready to have a baby. Uh, just increasing in frequency and intensity the signs would be. Hence, what do we have now when it comes to a war or a rumor of war? It's a threat like this one to annihilate an entire country. In this case, again, uh, end time headline, Russia has just threatened to wipe out the entire United States in chilling warning over Ukraine. And then there's this last one I'm gonna bring to your attention because this really takes us where we are In Amos, of course, Amos was dealing with the nation of Israel, but Tony Evans is warning about the church. Tony Evans, pastor down in Texas, he says this, Tony Evans warns that the U.S. is facing God's judgment because Christians, here it is, are cultural, they are not biblical. That is spot on. That's exactly what the problem is. Man, how long have we been saying that? The problem is Christians are cultural, They aren't biblical. They don't want this. They can't handle the Old Testament. They hate passages like uh, where we are uh, in Amos because Amos tells it like it is. Hey, this is why God judged Israel. This is why God judged Judah. And this is what's coming in the future. And here are the reasons why. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear most of the New Testament. They don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to hear about judgment. They don't want, they just want the happy passages. They just want some of the miracles. Uh, They want to know that they're going to have money in their bank account. And if they just go along with the system, uh, they can just do a big group hug uh, with the world. That's the problem. Christians are cultural. They're not biblical, at least Christian in name. Uh, Remember this before we get started. When uh, the judgment of Noah came uh, in the book of Genesis, what happened? Well, there were probably over a billion people on the planet at the time of Noah's flood. Yet only eight people were saved out of the flood, Noah and his family. So when Jesus said the path is narrow, there's few on it, but broad is the path that leads to destruction. Uh, Listen, that warning, I mean, you look at today and there's so many people that call themselves uh, Christians, but it's a cultural Christian, not a biblical one, as Tony Evans says. Days of Lot, what happens? Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed except for Lot and his family, and they weren't exactly the greatest family. But... Uh, They got saved from it anyways. So keep that in mind as we look at this. So here we are, Amos chapter 3, message number 4. God is revealing his secrets. Uh, Let's get going. Uh, Amos chapter 3, it's a short chapter, so we should be able to get through it. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. So here he is, God's talking to Israel. He's talking to the Jews. You're the ones I had the covenant with. You're the people I had a relationship with. I'm not talking to the Gentile nations. God dealt with the Gentile nations and continues to deal with them. But he has a special relationship with Israel and, and, uh, and his people, the Jewish people. And that's what he's talking about here. So the first thing that we see here is number one is the love in verses one and two. Uh, so you you look at this and you say, okay, here in this passage, verses one and two, it doesn't sound like God loves them. He says, He says this: I will punish you for your iniquities, but yet he's still letting them know that he loved them. Hear this, O children of Israel. I am the one who brought you out of Egypt. You only have I ha- have I known out of all of the families on the earth. Here God reminds Israel that he brought them out of Egypt, that they are his special people. And Israel's disregard and rejection of God is all the more inexcusable in light of his special love for them and miraculous salvation from Pharaoh when they crossed uh, the, uh, the Red Sea. So in, in verse two, now listen to this, in verse two where God says, you only have i known this is a marriage term Uh, it's it's this recall the prophecies of hosea remember that we went through the book of hosea here and uh, he had this unfaithful wife so israel here he's liking them again even in amos chapter 3 verse 1 he's liking them to being his wife so i have known you it's a marriage term it literally comes from this Hebrew word yada, and it means to be acquainted with or to have intimacy with as between a husband and a wife. Interesting. So God says, I've known you, 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 I've been married to you, yet you've been unfaithful to me, and this is what you've done because of your iniquities. Now, Now think of this, why did God choose Israel to be his own special people? So we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, you start reading about this covenant that he made with Abram. Uh, but he, he had to choose somebody, and he chose Abram. And God started the Jewish people with Abram. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he had the special relationship with them. But why did God choose them? In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7, the Bible tells us, it was not because of their size, for they were the least of all peoples. It's not like you guys were all big and bad and awesome and and all of these different, these different qualities, no, uh, God looks at uh, God doesn't look at the outward appearance the way that man does, right? I'm th- I didn't look at your size. You were the least of all peoples. Likewise, Exodus chapter 16, chapter 17, 8 uh, uh, 32 and 33 teach us that it was not because of their goodness, for they had given themselves over to complete corruption immediately after crossing the Red Sea, and that corruption led them to their wilderness experience. So it wasn't because of their goodness, it wasn't because of their size, it wasn't because they were better looking than everybody else, it wasn't any of those things. God's choice of Israel was pure grace. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, Moses gave five principles about God's love and goodness to them that they were to remember. Number one, know that the Lord your God, he is God. Number two, take a note of these. And number two, uh, know that he is the faithful God. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine, he is your God, he is the faithful God. Look at this, Uh, number three, God wants Israel to know that he keeps his covenant with his people. God guarantees that he will never break his covenant. He's all he made it. listen, when he put uh, when you when you read through the covenant that he made with Abraham, Abraham uh, Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 17, and you read there in uh, the book of Genesis where God put Abram to sleep and Abram was to divide the animals and he was to split them down the two. And when Abram did that, God caused Abram to fall asleep. And then the Lord appeared in a, in a smoking oven and he walked through the animals that were there as an offering to the Lord. Now, praise God, that was when God had, he had confirmed his, his, uh, his covenant. And, and he's letting Abram know, listen, because he put Abram to sleep, Instead of two parties being a part of the the covenant, God is letting them know, I'm making the covenant with you. Abram, you're asleep. Praise God that God put Abram to sleep and God was the one who fully entered into this covenant. Because if God didn't put Abram to sleep and it was a, a mutual agreement, it would have been like this. God would have said, well, Abram, if you do your part, Uh, then I'll do my part. Abram, well, God, if you do your part, I'll do my part. No, God's gonna keep his covenant. God's not gonna break his covenant that he makes, but he knows that no man can keep up his part of a perfect covenant. So praise God, he put Abram to sleep. And the covenant that God made with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, his descendants forever, it is a forever covenant. God will never break that covenant. Also, number four from Deuteronomy Chapter uh, 7 is this, in verse 10, in verse 9, excuse me. God will show mercy with those who love him and keep his commandments. Listen, he'll show mercy to you. This is a, 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 print, a biblical principle. God desires that we would be kind to other people, that we would show grace, that we would remember in the New Testament we learned that as we've been forgiven God expects us to uh, uh, forgive others, right? That we would remember that we've been forgiven. And and because we've been forgiven, listen, if if we're willing to treat others with the same uh, respect and kindness that God treats us with, listen, God will bless your socks off. You're gonna have hard times, everybody has hard times, but, but the principle is there in the Bible. That, that God would expect us to show his kindness to other people, um, keep his commandments, keep his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me, but he will show mercy and kindness to him, uh, to, to us when we, when we operate under the principles that he sets out uh, for us to operate under. Uh, number five, uh, those who hate God will get their wish of separation from him forever. We can figure that out also from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 10. Listen, there are people out there, they shake their fist at God, they don't want anything to do with God, and, and, and the time comes. Okay, if, that's, if you die in that state, then God will honor your request. You don't wanna know God? Okay, then so be it. That's the way that this is gonna go. Um, when you think of it right now with world leaders think of psalm 2 for example when the world is shaking their fist at god saying let us uh, they, they they conspire together psalm 2 you should read it uh, psalm 2 the people uh, they conspire together the princes the kings the leaders uh, it would be the judges the politicians the prime ministers the presidents they conspire together think of it like the un they meet at the un and what do they do They conspire on how to get rid of God, literally it says, they say as they conspire together, they make a plan together, let's get rid of God, to break his bonds from them. Get rid of this. We don't want anything to do with God. If you listen to all of the rhetoric that comes out of the UN, the World Economic Forum, all of these things, you don't hear one single praise of God. You don't see a prayer. You don't see a thank you, Lord. None of that. Could you imagine if that happened, came out of somebody's mouth at the UN, came out of somebody's mouth at the World Economic Forum, uh, came out of somebody's mouth at the World Health Organization, came out of somebody's mouth in the Biden administration here in America? Could you imagine? Wow, i would be like, uh, oh, my goodness. Could you imagine what the media would do to a person like that? They hate God. That's why they're building their own world, which we're gonna to get to that in just a few more minutes. So I wanna build this up with all of these things with Amos and what he was telling Israel because man, does it apply today. Okay, however, but before moving on, uh, note uh, that Israel had a special relationship with God, still does to this day. It's a forever covenant, we already covered that. It's a forever covenant, but they're chosen people. But for the believer in Christ, we also, like Israel, we ha- have an interesting relationship with the Lord, too. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9 tells us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Listen, uh, uh, it says there a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Interesting. So this generation, this is just... Uh, a confirmation of dispensationalism, that we live in this dispensation of grace. You look at the time from Pentecost on through the time until we're raptured, a chosen generation. It wasn't just for the first 20 years of the church or something like that. No, it's the entire span, the duration of the, from the birth of the church all the way up until the time of the fullness of the Gentiles comes. Uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 25, but we as believers that's what we are, we're chosen, we are his own special people. What What are the plans for us? Similar to the nation of Israel, although there are obvious differences, uh, there's those that teach replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel. No, the church has not replaced Israel but there are some similarities. What are we supposed to do? The same thing Israel is supposed to do. We're, as the Jews and Israel was, was established in, uh, and to proclaim his truth and to live righteously and to praise his name above all other names. So too with us, if you're a believer in Christ, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to make his name known. We're supposed to make the truth of the word known. We're supposed to live righteously according to what the Bible tells us And we are supposed to praise His name above all other names. In fact, if you can't praise His name above all other names, then that's just evidence that you are not a a follower of Christ. However, in this, when we think of this, being a chosen person comes with certain responsibilities and certain accountability. And in Amos chapter 3 verse 2, God says to Israel, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Okay. This is where we're gonna start connecting some dots for us. And then for the rest of chapter three, it's really gonna connect. Okay, so to Israel, he said, I'm gonna punish you for all of your iniquities. It's gonna happen. Again, they were set apart, and, and um, they didn't live the way that God had intended for them to live. The same is true for individuals who claim, I know the Lord. Listen, God will deal with that. If you claim to be a follower of God, and you live a life that's contrary, you'll feel the repercussions. But the same is true for a nation also. Listen, uh, the United States of America is a different type of nation, a nation like has never existed before. United States of America is not Israel, so we don't have that covenant relationship that Israel and the Jews have. However, we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles set apart from the beginning as a Christian nation in that sense. But remember this, judgment begins at the house of God. Look where we are as a nation now. And the reason I'm saying this and bringing up America here because I know we have people in the UK that watch all over Europe, watch uh, people all over the Mideast watch. We have people in Australia and New Zealand that watch. We have people in South America that watch, in Africa that watch, uh, Mexico. We have a lot of viewers in Canada. So I I understand all that. Uh, But the reason I bring up America, and I think you'll really appreciate this living anywhere else in the world, because when you look at America, you see uh, just how far we have fallen. So let's go through this, because it appears to me we're in trouble. Look at this. Look at this first article here. Uh, U.S. Marine Corps goes woke celebrates pride month with rainbow bullets can you pull this picture up on the screen please thank you Matthew Uh, let me read that again U.S. Marine Corps goes woke look at that helmet celebrates pride month with rainbow bullets friends this is bad news this is America so when you start thinking of Israel they had God says, I'm going to judge you for your iniquities. Listen, what is happening in America is far worse than whatever happened with Israel. What makes America think that they're going to get away with it? I have Christian friends that will tell me, even pastors, that say, hey, uh, God's not going to judge America as long as Christians are still here. Well, listen, I don't think the tribulation is going to come till after the rapture. But to think that God's, that, that God's not going to deal with America uh, listen, God dealt with Israel and Judah, and there were there were people who loved God in both Israel and Judah. While the Assyrians came, while Judah came. All right, look at this next one. Look at this. This is a post from Kathy at Rank Heresy. Uh, look at this. The world has literally dedicated the month of June to homosexual sex. Repent and believe, friends. We are in trouble. We are in trouble. I mean, I want you to just think about an entire month to perversion. And the fact that I just called this perversion gets all kinds of people just sending all their hate mail to me saying I'm a hater. No, I'm gonna call out uh, what the Bible tells us is sin because if I really hated you, I'd say go ahead and do what you want and then when you die, you'll be judged for your sin. But I'm not gonna do that because I'm gonna stand before the Lord one day no matter what happens to my body. Now, what happens in this life, I'm going to stand before the Lord and I'm going to live forever and ever and ever because of what Jesus has done. But we got to call out sin or sin is sin. Look at this next article. Look at this from the Gateway Pundit. World Health Organization says it's important that pride celebrations do not change over monkeypox concerns. Well, 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 isn't that rather interesting? Okay, let's go back, think of coronavirus. You can't meet, you can't meet, you can't meet. Well, now they're saying everybody's gonna have to be in lockdown except unless you're a part of that community, then it's okay. I'm I'm, I'm just like, wow, all right. So this next article sums up why I think we're really in trouble. Um, Look at this, this is David Harris Jr. post. Pop quiz, which of these instruments will be used to murder more children today? Okay, B is an AR-15, A is an abortion tool. So which one do you think will be used to murder more children? I'll tell you right now, and you guys already know the answer to this. So we look at this and say, so we have a government that's making a big deal over gun control. Why? Because they want to take away our guns, because once they take away our guns, they're going to destroy you. What on earth makes anybody think that you could trust the government? <laughs> no, no, we, we see what they've been up to and what they're doing and what they're planning. And they're, listen, they're willing, our government has laws for abortion, 60 million babies, 70 million babies, and to think you can trust somebody that's willing to kill the most innocent creature on the planet, the most innocent human being on the planet, they're willing to slaughter them? and you can trust them? No, so God says here in chapter three, verse two, wow. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. All right, so you saw that. God says, I loved you, but this is what you've done to me, all right? Number two, we'll start moving through these a lot faster now. Number two, what do we have? We have the logic. Look at this, verse three through six. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing? Will a bird fall into a snare on the earth where there is no trap for it? Will a snare spring up from the earth if it has caught nothing at all? If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? You look at this and... This is pretty self-explanatory, so I'm not gonna spend much time here. These are all uh, logic and easy to understand. Uh, but Amos, what he does, remember he's a shepherd and a farmer. Remember, he's, a, he's the, the, the farmer of the, the figs. Um, or or uh, I can't, Yeah, I can't remember what, I can't remember. He was a farmer, but he's, he's picking taking stuff off of whatever kind of tree it was. I believe it was figs, but right now I quite frankly, I cannot recall. But Let's move on. But from his real life uh, perspective regarding lions and birds and traps and snares, that's where he's writing from. So he sees it as someone who's a farmer. He goes, he sets these animal traps, he does this, he's seen the lions, he's seen all these other wild animals, he's seen birds and so forth. so I'm not gonna look at all of them. There's seven different things here. I wanna look at just three things. He says this, can two walk together unless they are in agreement? What's he talking about? How can you say you walk with God? This is what he's talking about. How can you say you walk with God if you're not in agreement with him, right? You're, you're, you're uh, well, I, I know the Lord. Well, do you really know the Lord? He's gonna get further into this and by the time we get to the end in just a few more minutes. But people say, I'm I'm sure I know the Lord, but you're not in agreement with him. So how can you really say you know the Lord? Can two walk together unless they're in agreement? That's what he's saying. And then in verse six, he's speaking of the trumpet. Look at this uh, again. Uh, If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? The trumpet, listen, the trumpet is a sound that there's an army that is approaching. Remember the watchman from the book of Ezekiel? So the watchman is placed there as a prophet, Ezekiel was, to sound the alarm, right, that, that the enemy, that, hey, there's a nefarious enemy coming over the hill. So he, he, pl- he blows the trumpet. Everybody goes, oh, no, the enemy is coming. It's a warning. Judgment is coming or an, an army is coming. Amos is sounding the trumpet and he's saying, you better be afraid because what's coming is not going to be good. But you guys won't listen to the prophets because you say their trumpet's not valid. They're the ones that God has placed there, right? Same thing's happening today. The, the preacher, the one who believes in Bible prophecy is sounding uh, the trumpet uh, like, an, uh, like an alarm, like a watchman. You say, hey man, you, guys, you better watch out. And in verse six, God says this, if there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? So, so what he's saying is you try to reason away every single thing as a natural occurrence. Insurance companies call them acts of God. Um, but God is saying in this case, when judgment is coming, when it's genuine judgment, look up and recognize it's the real deal. This is actually coming from God. When the Assyrians come against the north, when the Babylonians go against the south, when the tribulation begins, don't pretend that, uh, that, that it's not from God. Listen, this is what Revelation chapter 6 tells us. Check this out. Uh, let me go here real quick. Um, Revelation chapter 6. They said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us uh, from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So you start looking at it you go, okay, what's gonna happen? Revelation chapter six, that passage is from the sixth seal in the book of Revelation. The judgments start to happen, and at that point, the people of the earth are saying, okay, those things really are happening from God. They're not gonna be able to deny it anymore. Amos is letting us know, That day is coming, and his prophecies weren't just speaking to the time back then. His prophecies were reaching forward into the future. Okay, what happens next? This is right after, oh, by the way, I got to read this part, because listen, this is what he says here in Revelation chapter 6. Let me read just a little bit more of this to you. Revelation chapter 6, it says this, the sixth seal, when he opened the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky roll receded back as a scroll when it's rolled up, and out of every mountain and end, every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the commanders and the mighty men and every slave and every tree hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks and the mountains and said, fall on us for the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? It's picturing volcanoes erupting, uh, earthquakes. It's picturing meteorites and asteroids plummeting the planet. And finally, men will look up and realize, okay, this really is um, uh, from the Lord. But Amos, what, this is what he's dealing with, all right? Same thing that we have going on today. That the people don't walk with God, um, although they said they did. In their mind, it, it, in, in our terms today, uh, God is archaic or God is dead, Noah Harari said that recently. Um, God is out of touch, um, the things of God are old fashioned. Uh, They don't belong in the 21st century. There is no God. We are enlightened. Listen, when a people, this is worldwide, says we are enlightened, brothers and sisters, we've reached this place, and that's what Amos is warning about. Don't give me the word, they say. I don't want to hear that. Oh, yes, but I love God. Well, how could you love God if if you don't agree with him? The warning Let there. Let me go back to where we started in the beginning. In the days of Noah, it was Noah's family that was saved out of over a billion people on the planet. Days of Lot. It was Lot's family out of the entire area of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many, most are on it. Watch out. We're enlightened. We know what we're doing. Listen." Noah, Yuval Noah Harari, the guy's a blasphemer, hates God. He said this, history began when humans invented gods. It will end when humans become gods. That's what, this is the whole world economic forum. This is all this different stuff that, they, they, the, the, that they're doing. Um, I wanted to go into this. I'm not gonna, have, I'm not gonna spend much time here But this was sent to me by um, one of our viewers in uh, Canada. Thank you, uh, Jen, for sending this. Calvary Climate Plan calls for foot travel and only zero emission vehicles. Actually, it it was somebody else that sent that to me. Um, But you you read through this. So this plan, although it's 2050, 2050 is 28 years away. You might say, well, that's a long time. Now, this whole climate talk it's about controlling the masses of the people. And so the World Economic Forum is leading all of this charge along with the UN. Um, and and uh, so, you know, when you look at, uh, let me go back to this again. Uh, so you look at this World Economic Forum returns uh, in Davos after uh, pandemic pause. So this is the meeting that they just had, what, last week it ended. Um, in Davos, Switzerland, all of the different things that have come out from that meeting are quite remarkable when you start to think about it. I'm going to do an update this week talking about some of the things that came out of that meeting. You're not going to want to miss my update this week with that. It's kind of disturbing, kind of alarming, and man, if you don't know the Lord, you should be afraid. But let's just think of some of these things, all right? Listen to this. When it comes to the World Economic Forum, they're following the UN Agenda 2030. So the UN's Agenda 2030 for sustainable development, um, it is not dead. Uh, uh, The 17 Sustainable Development Goals, quote, clearly define the world we want, applying to all nations and leaving no one behind. Wow. The UN makes it clear that businesses have to play a very important role in the process. You gotta get businesses online. I'm gonna talk about that in my update this week too. You really aren't gonna to wanna to miss it, but um, I'm looking at this, applying, leaving no one behind. What that literally means, no one will be able to opt out. So they say we're gonna be given a choice. Well, your choices go along with the system, or you know you from Revelation chapter 13, it's off with your head if you don't go along with the system. Folks, we're watching the the birth of the system of the beast. Uh, Paragraph 28 of the agenda, quote, we commit to making fundamental changes in the way that our societies produce and consume goods and services. That's happening now. So when you see what's coming out of the World Economic Forum, you see climate laws like in Canada and in California. um, uh, We hear these different things. They're following this agenda. That's what they're doing and there's a whole lot of money. There's $150 trillion that are pledged to bring about this green agenda. Guess what? That's a whole lot of money that these elite people are gonna make. Better believe it is. Paragraph 52 states, will involve governments as well as parliaments, the UN system and other international institutions, local authorities, civil society, business and private sector, the scientific and academic community and all People, huh. continues, there's a lot more here. Um, I'm not gonna quote all of it. Um, but they say, this is what happens is, um, a code name for a master plan at the UN to change the political economic system of the world to one of collectivism, and in, uh, collectivism, we're hearing that all the time now, right? And in order to do that, people must not be allowed to have independence. So this is what we're hearing, no more independence for you. They must be dependent on the state, otherwise they won't be easily controlled by the state. So no more independence. This is why we're hearing all of these things. You have to get them, this is a quote, dependent on the state, ready for this, food, shelter, electrical power, their water, quote, everything. Wow, that's just a quote. Here's the last quote. The agenda is a global movement coordinated through a global to local action plan. Then this person comments, a key facet of that action plan is to push the agenda down to the most local levels in society. There are multiple paths and they all lead, ready for this, to one world government. So we look at what's happening right now. You look at the book of Amos. This is what the people said, like Psalm 2. It was what the people said. No, we're gonna do this our way. We're not gonna to listen to the one blowing the trumpet saying, hey, um, judgment is coming. Uh, we're not gonna pay any attention. As things start to fall apart, we're not going to, as chapter three, verse six is, when the calamities start happening, and this starts happening, and that starts happening, we're gonna say, we're gonna fix it because like Yuval Noah Harari says, we're gonna become gods. And so we're gonna fix this. We don't believe in God, that's a stupid thing to believe in, that somebody would actually believe in God. Hence, we are in this place, and we need to be concerned. Okay, let's hurry and get through the rest of this. Number three, so number one is the love, number two is the logic, number three is the lesson. Surely the Lord God does nothing, verse seven, chapter three, unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. But who can but prophesy? Prophesy. I look at this and go, okay, God does nothing unless he reveals it through his servants, the prophets. Why? Because he wants people to repent. So over and over, listen, I look, this is kind of cool. Uh, There's a lot of people over the last two and a half years, this first part's not cool, who said, I don't want to go to church anymore. A lot of churches closed and so forth. But listen, God separates the wheat from the chaff. Uh, But there's a whole lot of people that didn't know the Lord uh, two and a half years ago. And through all of these bad things that they keep seeing take place by these globalists are going, something's wrong here. And they come to find out, hey, wait a minute, the Bible has the answers. And God tells us as Amos chapter three, verse seven says, God does nothing unless He tells us through the prophets first. And that's what He's done here. Uh, we have His prophetic word, folks. We have His prophetic word. Why? So we can know. He tells us exactly how it's going to go down. It is not a coinky dink. It's not a coincidence that everything just happens to be going exactly the way that the Bible says it will go. God told us beforehand, as it was with Jesus just before He. He died on the cross. He tells his disciples about all of the different things. He says, see, I tell you this beforehand so that you can know, so that you'll, your faith will be strong, so you'll be prepared. And he tells us all of the prophetic things regarding the second coming beforehand so that anyone who's paying attention can be stronger and know, wow, all these things point to the second coming of Christ. Hence, Amos chapter three verse seven. God does nothing unless He tells it through His prophets, and then He says here, "A lion has roared, but who who can but prophesy? A lion has roared; the Lord God has spoken." Listen, uh, you need to be a preacher needs to be roaring these truths. I'm not going to cower from this. This is what God's called me to do. We need to be roaring. We need to be tell like a lion. Listen. The the, the church in America, the church in the Western world, they're looking for kittens. Meow, meow, meow. That's what they want. No, a lion has roared. God has spoken. And we better listen because his prophecies are true and everything is going to happen exactly as God says they are going to happen. Number four, we're almost done, is the looking. So we have the love, we have the logic, we have the lesson. And then verses 9 and 10, we have the Looking, let's look at that. Proclaim in the palaces at Ashdod and in the palaces in the land of Egypt and say, assemble on the mountains of Samaria, see great tumults in her midst and the oppressed within her. For they do not know to do right says the Lord who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. So what's going on? So Samaria was located on a hilltop within a valley. And around it were bigger mountains. And he's summoning Egypt, come look. He's, uh, who else is he summoning here? Ashdod, come and look. Uh, come and look at what's gonna happen to your enemy. He, he's saying, hey, like an amphitheater, sit on the hills and watch as I do- destroy the capital of, uh, uh, of uh, the northern kingdom. Of Israel. Note here at the end of verse 10, they, Israel, store up violence and robbery in their palaces. This idea is what Amos, he's already addressed, right? And we see it happening today. This is it. The rich and the powerful use their wealth and power to oppress and steal from everyone else. In that day, tell me this doesn't sound like today, the elite we're changing the laws or making laws into no effect so that the middle class and the poor would all suffer. That was a quote that I wrote 2009. And we, do we see it happening today? I wrote that based upon what the Bible said and understanding why Israel and Judah were judged in the past. We can look and go, okay, that's why that happened back then. We can see it coming. Judgment begins at the house of God. So people that say, uh, America's not going to be judged. Don't be so foolish to think such things. And look at this and, and, and go, man, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. The elite, were, they brought in the, the, the equity is what they brought. Equal amounts of poverty upon everybody else. Look what's happening with all these elitists at Davos, World Health Organization, the UN, uh, the All of these different elitists, these people that are at the top, the people who went to Klaus Schwab's uh, College for Young Global Leaders, look what's going on. They're part of it. They're controlling it. They're all going to make their trillions, their billions and trillions off of it. They're going to be the merchants of Revelation chapter 18 who are crying out as Babylon is destroyed, and they see all of their wealth destroyed, and then they are judged. God is going to judge them. Very last thing, it's the learning. So let's read on through to the end. But note this, Israel is marked out by God for judgment. Its adversary, Assyria, is soon going to strike. Let's finish this up. Says here, therefore, thus says the Lord, an adversary shall be all around the land. He shall sap up sap your strength from be f- from you excuse me, and your palaces shall be plundered. Thus says the Lord, as a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out who dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed and on the edge of a couch. Hear and testify against the house of Jacob, says the Lord God, the God of hosts, that in the day I punish Israel for their transgressions, I will also visit the destruction on the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. I will destroy the winter house, along with the summer house. The houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall have an end, says the Lord." What is this? Let's put it all together. It's only going to take me about a minute, maybe two at the most, to put it together. When he says here, As a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out who dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed, on the edge of a couch, etc. What's he saying? When Assyria comes, Assyria was exceptionally cruel, and Assyria literally tore people's limbs off. They did horrific things. Uh, to the people when they would capture them. They put hooks in their noses and pull them away like a, a dog on a leash, but they literally would rip off their limbs. They'd, they'd take their skin off their bodies, make lampshades out of them. So he's saying, as you would take um, uh, uh, something, uh, a shepherd would take a lamb out of a lion's mouth, but it would come out piece by piece. He's saying that's what's gonna happen with Assyria. Now, what's, it, something else is here. Uh, God says, I testify against you. On the day that I punish Israel, for their transgressions. Folks, America's going to be judged. This world is going to be judged. Um, He says, it's going to happen. I will also bring judgment. Look at this. On the altars of Bethel, the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. I'm going to judge the entire religious system. The whole thing has gone bad. The entire religious system. Um, You look at, these are people who are claiming to love God, claiming to walk with God. God says, you're not in agreement with me. You won't listen to the prophecies. You won't listen to the trumpet sounding. Um, you refuse to acknowledge that if you turn to me, listen, I can, I can fix this mess, but you refuse all of these different things. And you say that you know me. Listen, you look at the church in America right now, it's, dis- it's, it's horrible. And I know that might, be, that might really strike some people as a horrible thing to say. Listen, Christ died for the true church. He died for those who are believers in Christ. However, listen, there's a fake church that's out there and that's what we need to understand. And it's an evil church that says, well, let's just do a group hug. Let's not present Jesus as, as first. You have to believe in him in order to be saved. No, there's a giant fake church that's out there. It's disgusting. And the same thing was happening back then. They called themselves followers of the true God because they were Israel. And God says, No, you didn't even know me. You're not even in agreement with me. You don't even want my word. Same thing with the church today. And then he says here, final thing uh, what's he say here? He says, I'll destroy the winter house, the summer house, the houses of ivory shall perish, and all the great houses. In other words, all these rich people that think they've got it all together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> baby he says suddenly I will destroy them it's all coming down all these rich people think of all the trillions they're calling the shots uh, they, they manipulate the masses they manipulate all the rest of us God's saying hey don't you worry about it I'm gonna deal with all of that I'm gonna read this uh, in closing up uh, this portion, this is from thir- First Thessalonians, uh, chapter four. Now, remember, in First Thessalonians chapter four, God says, God tells us that the dead in Christ, at the sound of the trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise, and we who are alive will be caught up together to meet them uh, with, uh, uh, meet them in the clouds with the Lord. We're going to be with the Lord forever. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Listen to what the Bible says. No. Next, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape they shall not escape right it's going to come upon them peace and safety like a thief in the night suddenly it's going to come he says i have no there's no reason that i should have to write to you you should already know this but he says judgment is coming upon them those who reject his truth those who don't listen to the sound of the trumpet those who do who don't listen uh to the words of the prophets that are written in this book old testament and new testament warning us about the days that are coming folks everything is lined up exactly as the bible says it would i can't encourage you enough but to trust in the lord jesus christ with all your heart all your mind and all your soul he will forgive you if you turn to him uh, for forgiveness and repentance confess with your mouth jesus is lord believe in your heart that god is raised um, from the dead and you will be saved romans chapter 10 teaches listen next week okay i'm going to be live wednesday night i have some great updates coming for you um Can't wait for that. I have a few other announcements I wanted to make, but quite frankly, I can't remember what they are. Oh, check this out. So this week, okay, I've gotta travel this week, all right? So next week I'll be live. We'll pick up here in Amos, it's gonna be exciting. Uh, On Monday, I have a special guest that's gonna be hosting the program. You're not gonna wanna miss it, it's gonna be tomorrow. Mark your calendar, set your alerts so you get it. Two o'clock Pacific Standard Time, Tim Thompson's gonna be hosting, and he's going to have a special guest on. Tim's always exciting. And let me tell you, he's going to bring it. On Tuesday, Mark Henry's going to be hosting the program. His guest, Mark Henry's guest, I already know who that's going to be. It's going to be Jam Markell. That's going to be 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on this YouTube channel. Right here, Hope for Our Times. Not on their YouTube channels, but on this YouTube channel, Hope for Our Times. Monday, 2 o'clock. Tuesday, 2 o'clock. Both live. And then Wednesday, I have an update for you. You are not going to want to miss it. And um, listen, we live in exciting days, and I'll keep you updated. Um, And uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me. Shalom. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, HopeForOurTimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope for Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.